Our guest today is Urs Karatle, director of Porsche Motorsport LMDH Factory Racing. Urs ties the team together and ensures that they stay ahead of the competition. Leading up to the landmark 124 hours of Le Mans, he walks us through the development of Porsche's endurance racing car, the 963. He talks about speed, design and sustainability. He also reveals how the two components of the Porsche Penske Motorsport team in Germany and the USA coordinate and collaborate in preparation for two different championships with different rules and challenges. I'm Theo van den Bruecke. Welcome to The Edge, a podcast by Tag Heuer. Thank you so much for joining me on The Edge. You are the director of LMDH Factory Motorsport. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what your role entails, yeah. for those who don't know? Yeah, no problem. I mean, thanks for having me, first of all, here. And uh, my role within Porsche is I'm responsible for the LMDH program. And that goes for the works program, the development of the car, the, the the reliability at the end of the day performance as well but also for the i'm also responsible for the customer teams so we will have customer teams we already have customer teams uh, in both championships teams uh, and the WEC championship and that also belongs to me and there's obviously also the integration of all the partners with multimatic and all these different technical partners that's uh yeah all within my role actually wow big role so what, what would you say is the most kind of challenging element of your job and in turn the most rewarding? It's, uh, it's maybe even the same thing. It's an interesting question because yeah, the most challenging thing actually is to bring the, all those different parties together. We, we built up two teams, one in the United States for the IMSA, one in Europe in Mannheim for the WEC Championship. So there are different, yeah, even cultures, you can say, of doing motorsport. We have the American side of it. We have the European side of it. And then we have a lot of different partners uh, down to the nature of the whole program with uh, with the, all those standard components, etc. So there's a lot of partners to integrate into one big team. And uh, there's a lot about communication within the teams that we share information, that the information flow is correct. And this is, I believe, the most challenging part of it. And then if it works... Because nobody actually did it in a way we are doing it with Porsche Penske Motorsport team. So if then uh, success is coming, or if we have, uh, if we start to win races, if you can see how that all goes together, that's also at the same time the, the most rewarding thing. Actually, mm. oh, it sounds like it's quite a political job. Well, it's there's not a lot of politics. I'm not saying there's no politics involved, but there's it's not a lot of politics because the the question or the the answer to a question is either white or black a zero or a one or or faster or not faster on the clock so so that's uh there's not much room for politics at, at there actually and uh and once again i mean it's challenging to keep it with low politics or less or, or almost no politics that's challenging and if you achieve it that's uh again one of the most rewarding yeah i can imagine yeah so you started your career in f1 um what was it that made you transition to endurance racing? Because often like people kind of aim for F1, right? That's the, that's the zenith. <laughs> that's true, yeah. But as a matter of fact, I actually started in sports cars. I mean, in 1990, I was here in Le Mans already with, the, with Sauber Mercedes at the time. And that was sports car racing in the endurance world. Endurance Championship was called at the time and, and as well. And yeah, we were in Le Mans already. 
a lot number of uh, many many years ago that's how, how i really started my motorsport career but then 93 i went into formula one and yeah it's it is different i'm not i'm not judging what is better or or more difficult or because quite often people ask why did you left formula one i mean that's uh, the thing was it is with porsche to go back with Porsche into the big sports car championships, that's uh, something of the biggest you can achieve in, in motorsports, I believe. And, and uh, that was basically the reason why to move, to make the move to Porsche for the LMP1 program. That's more than 10 years ago already. And, and now we had the chance to set up that new team, that new complete uh, works team program. And, and that's a, uh, so this is really challenging. I'm not saying Formula One is not challenging, but it's something different. Something different. Okay, that's interesting. So why, why, what are the differences between Formula One and what you're doing now? And why is it more challenging? Yeah, more challenging. It is a lot different, to be honest, because in Formula One, there's even less compromises because I think mainly the races are shorter. There are much more, many more races. And uh, in sports car racing, whatever you do has to, has to last 24 hours and if you it's actually not only 24 hours if the whole preparation week is, is 30 36 hours the car has to last so there are complete different challenges technically uh, you have to be aware of you have to take care of the on the other hand the rhythm of events in the formula one is much faster so there's one race after the next one and and uh, there are two different worlds actually you it's, it's hard to it's hard to compare there's one thing in formula one as well that there's a lot of it's way more media uh, in in the formula one thing at the other hand the crowd and we can it's really nice to be here in Le Mans as well the crowd here these are different fans these are real motorsport enthusiasts it's a different crowd and it, once again it's very important i'm not judging what's better or what's what's worse it's, it's simply it's a different world it's a different world. That's interesting. So it, it, does it tend to attract kind of motorsport purists rather than, you know, fair weather motorsport fans potentially? I would say so. I would say so. I mean, here in Le Mans, you meet people. If you walk inside the, 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 the paddock in the morning, these people are here since 10, 20, 30 years. They come to Le Mans all the, every year and then you start to know these guys and they're real motorsport enthusiasts come here on the, on the campsite and, and enjoying the weekend and, and uh, or actually the whole Le Mans week it's a it's a different crowd it's a different crowd yeah um how long have you been with Porsche in total I started first uh, of March 2013 so it's just about over 10 years now yeah wow wow and do you do you see yourself staying there is that is it a company that kind of aligns with you and if so why I mean, Porsche sure is a great company, and I'm not saying because I'm, I'm working, wearing this shirt now and today, but it's Porsche. Is a, if you are a car enthusiast and, and also motorsport enthusiast, Porsche is, is is one of the few brands you 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 have to work for actually because it's so much history in it, and it's also especially if you work with Porsche in motorsport, you. In the whole company, if we go to the, in the production, we see the people in the production side, etc. They are all cheering with us, being here in Le Mans, or participating in the in the World Endurance Championship or the teams in the, the United States. So, motorsport and the brand, it's so much connected at Porsche. I, I believe that's the it's, it's it's unique, and that I believe makes Porsche uh, uh, worth working for as a motorsport enthusiast. But 
beside all those things, it's it's Porsche is also a really good company to be an employee of because you, it is big, but it's not too big, and uh, still people, you know, it, it, the company takes care of the employees as well. It's it's a, uh, it's not a, it's it's too big to be a family to be honest, but it's it's still you you kind of like feel this family character within the company. That's something I really like. Yeah, that's really special. So, do you, do you see yourself staying there for the rest of your career? Oh yeah, I'm fifty four <laughs> years old now, and I hope <laughs> if if that all turns out well here, I hope they don't kick me out. So I I, I I'd love to stay there for a couple more years. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, it's good to hear. Um, so you've touched on this slightly already, but how do you ensure good collaboration between the teams in the US and in Germany? What's the kind of process? First of all, when we set the program up, we had a, a more than one year testing phase. So there we were able to mix the people. So to give those individual team members, regardless of the position they have, but they were working in Europe or they were working in the United States. And this way we mix them all through. So we make sure that they have this one spirit we want to have within the team that they share it and then have it in their not in their genes, but they that they leave it from the beginning on. That was the first thing. So then, when the seasons, the two championships started, obviously you have to separate the teams. One is working in the US, the other one is working in the, in Europe. And events like we have now, for example, in Le Mans, where we have three cars, so one of the cars and also this car crew is coming from the United States. So we bring it back together again, and then we we try to make or we try to take the best out of both worlds as we say at, at times and so that's the one thing and the other thing is that we with a lot of meetings with a lot of uh, get-togethers as much as we can we, we try to spread out all the information that uh, we have how to do things technical the, the technical issues so if if something breaks in on, in one car in one side of the atlantic it's very easy to transfer this this information straight away to the other side that's easy but the the the, the spirit from the people, that's the difficult thing to transfer and to keep the same, to, to have it the same uh, on both sides. And then are only a few people, like Jonathan Dukwit, the, the managing director from the Porsche Penske Motorsport, myself, some of the technical staff, they, they do both championships. So we, there's a lot of travel involved, but we are traveling from one championship to the next one and we constantly exchange also the, the, some information like, Look, we found out on the other side that doing this operation this way, is, it's better. Why don't we do it here? And, and uh, sometimes there are differences due to the fact that the, the championship is different. The rules are mostly the same, but there are in details also differences. So, but most of the things are the same. So we, we really try to take the best out of the two worlds. Said already, this is challenging, but, uh, yeah, it's a lot of, it's a lot of communication at the end of the day. If you ask me, how do we do it? It's, it's communication. That's it. Yeah. And, uh, this is a really boring question, but is it like, are you on the phone the whole time or is it like WhatsApp or are you slacking each other? Like, what's the, what's the mode? Actually, to be very honest, I, I personally struggle a little bit with all these, these, uh, communication channels we have these days because we have teams, we have WhatsApp, we have all these, different things and the good old phone is still one of the most uh, used uh, tools to to communicate but it's a lot of teams meetings and uh, yeah the thing is also at night once you have a if, if i'm in europe and then you you have a whole day of working then the american side wakes up and then it's another half a day to 
to share information at, at night, but that's part of the job. I mean, and, and it's also great to see how things are coming together now after such a long time of or such a long period of, of preparation. Now things are coming together, so it's not boring having all those meetings. It's it's a time wise challenging at times. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. That takes us on neatly to the current season. Um, what are you most excited about? Really, it's the upcoming weekend. It's one of the biggest races in general, but it's for sure for for us is one of the biggest or the biggest race in the in the program, and uh, that be sure a highlight. Uh, slowly and slowly, it's building up all the tension here in Le Mans. All these board members are coming, arriving. All the the big sponsors, partners, they're arriving, and they are all. I mean, if you compete with Porsche in a race like Le Mans, or in any race, actually, you are. <laughs> you have to win or you have to you have to have a, a really really good result and and uh, that brings up a lot of pressure as well but this is sure one of the highlights we have here and then it's it's also some uh, you know there's pretty little more some events uh, later in the year in the US which we are also really looking forward to but for now everything is focused for the upcoming weekend and uh, because that's the highlight actually that's the, the big highlight Tell us a bit about this season's car, the Porsche 963. How did it come about? How did you reach the point that you've reached with it? Yeah, I mean, the technical rules, having all those hybrid standard, we call them standard components. We are sharing the same components in the WEC, which is mainly the battery, the electrical engine, and and, uh, the gearbox. Uh, uh, Yeah, mainly those components we share with all the LMDH competitors. And... uh, that was a long period of time for testing. We had beforehand to bring, it's namely Bosch, Williams, and X-Track are the two brands which are uh, uh, providing those standard components. So we have a lot of, uh, we did a lot of development with those companies. That was challenging at the time because uh, we were used to produce, develop all those components by ourselves. And now we had to, and, and uh, we had to use it with with our new partners. We had to share the information with all the other OEMs. So that's Cadillac, which is here in Le Mans as well, but also BMW and Acura at the moment in the in the IMSA Championship. So we had to share delicate information with the other partners, which were we were not used to. However, but after this, we could really hit the road and uh, do some track testing. That took us all last year, basically. We were testing on both continents in the United States and, and here in Europe a lot. And uh, then suddenly we had a car. We could start to do some endurance testing. And just a couple of weeks ago, we had in, in south of France, in Polycar, we had another 30, we tried 36. We ended up having 30-hour endurance test so that where we make sure that the car is reliable, where we make sure that also the whole operation is capable of doing it. And uh, yeah, so that was uh, almost one and a half, maybe even two years if we, if we take dyno testing with it. A long preparation time till we had the car to start the season. And then, yeah, we started early in January at the first 24-hour race in the, in the United States, in Daytona. And then the championship started, and from that point on, we, we jumped from, run, from one race to the next one with some testing in between. Wow. It's, it's full on. Um, what, what sets the car apart from others? You kind of touched on it a little bit, but specifically. 
we try to make it decide within the rules that we are allowed to to change things and and, and modify things. We try to have a, a very we call it smooth car. So we do not have a lot of small wings or things around the car which can break because in sports car racing you have a lot of contact with with the competitors. So we we try to have a very smooth car from the outside. That's the first visual point to the car. So yeah, in case of a contact, they cannot. We have not small winglets which can fall off or things like this. That was one thing. The one interesting rule, and that's really a technical rule we have in sports car racing, that we the car has to look like a Porsche. And, uh, and, and the same goes for the other brands, obviously. And, and uh, so that was, uh, and that was quite interesting. There was a close relationship also with our design people from Porsche, that the, the guys who to design usually road cars, they were also involved in the, in the outside shape of the car. That's an unusual process because usually a race car it just follows the function or the, the, the shape follows the function and, and you do the best aerodynamical thing you can have. However, but we have a lot of, of components on the car. Again, same goes for the other brands, but we have for the sport Porsche specific headlights, for example, with the four dots. We have the, the tail has a lot of uh, 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 components which reminds you uh, uh, a Porsche road car. So that was is one interesting rule in, in, we have in sports car. And internally, we, we, we try to make it, yeah, it's a high sophisticated car, but still the easiest way is the, the best way, the normal circumstances. So we try to make it as straightforward as possible. And also we, there's a lot of uh, attention went, uh, attention to detail went into the fact uh, that we are able to change parts fast on the car because we are in endurance racing. Things can happen during a race, and the boys have to be able to change things quickly. So the the pure operational at, uh, things they uh, or topics they were. It's a lot of attention we paid to those things, and obviously technically we we tried to go to the maximum we could with uh, whatever the the rules that allows us to make it as a, as competitive as as possible. The the engine is an interesting. Yes, it's a lot of interesting concepts in the car. Which is which are not so usual. I'm sure people see or, or remember pictures from the engine, for example, the exhaust. This is not an unusual concept, but it's not what you would expect on the race engine. So there's a couple of things in the car which are, yeah, you know what, innovative in in a way. But uh, that compared with the with the fact that we try to have it as simple as possible. And that's an interesting mix, and it's a fine line at the end of the day if it comes to car design. But like usual, the, the headline is always we have to have the competitive, the most competitive uh, car, and we have to have the fastest car. That's the headline. And then all the other facts are maybe not so common and not so well known, but we, we, there's a lot of intention went into those as well. I'm sure. Um, this is a very binary question, but do you think the car or the driver is more important in the race? <laughs> that's not easy to answer it's it's uh, it's both i mean if if you have a slow if you would have we don't but if you would have slow drivers or drivers who are struggling to 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 be fast and to perform the best in in that environment we are with a lot of different classes of cars with a, a lot of speed differences and uh, if you would have a, a stay a slow or a, a not so competitive driver you are not the first in the victory line, that that that's sure. On the other hand, if you have a car which is not reliable, 
or if we're simply not fast enough to compete with the best cars on the track, you're also not on the victory line. So you have to have the best compromise from both. And uh, it's an interesting thing also that not always the most famous guys in sports car racing are the best ones. This is also, if you look at the grid here and in, in Le Mans especially, it, it shows because it's so unique that you can cope with, from the driver's point of view, if you can cope on track with all those, as I said, speed differences at night in the rain with a car which is like 100 kilometers an hour slower than your car is. You have it's a lot of overtake overtake maneuvers and, and you really have to be able to stand those at problems if you want or challenges at, at the track so these are usually not the big names from we spoke about the formula one or, or so these are different drivers with different cap capabilities and uh, however but the drivers i'm 100 percent sure that we, with our nine drivers we have here in Le Mans or in total we have 10 drivers in the in the in the program for in the United States and six in the in the WEC driver wise we have one of the 100% sure the best lineup in the, in the pit lane with a mix of young guys and also very experienced guys and uh, yeah with the car the car is reliable we we did some we did all this testing beforehand so i'm sure we can do this 24 hours <laughs> not pulling the car back into the garage, which is one of the biggest fears we have, like everybody else here in the pit lane. I'm sure. Um, what are the key trends or developments that you believe will shape the future of your sport? And how is Porsche adapting to stay ahead of the competition? I mean, staying ahead of the competition, you have to simply do a better job in whatever championship and whatever rules that you we are competing. We do Formula E, we do eSports, we do all those different series and, and uh, they all have different challenges and, and you have to be ahead of your competition. That's one thing. But the future of the sport is also, is a lot about sustainability and, and uh, you know, this is this e-fuel things, this e-racing, e this is all, I mean, it's a, it's a transition in the sport, maybe motorsport more than in, in other traditional sports sport uh, disciplines but uh, there's a lot of discussion within Porsche Motorsport also which direction to go what what do we have to invest in and, and where we have to be at, uh, first in, in first in line we do and, uh, yeah it's, it's it's an interesting discussion all the time and there's not a very very clear path or way right now in my opinion but uh, there's one thing is sure that within Porsche Motorsport we are discussing those topics a lot and, and uh, it, there are intensive discussions as well and I'm sure that uh, we will find the right path to, to, to jump on whichever that is. And how do you see your role changing specifically? It's a it also goes I mean we do hear a lot of these things in Le Mans as well for these sustainability programs and and uh, I don't think that has something to do with motorsport. It's a general thing in life. You have to to start a change and rethink the way you did things. I mean, we 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 considering traveling with with trains. We have a lot of, for example, sea freight, or we consider how we do things differently to the to the past because it's simply not not. Uh, good anymore or not in the way I don't know how to express actually that uh, what the word would be but however but we, we change a lot our our thinking how to do things we are just uh, I make I, I look in 
to the left there is a the rubbish bins for all the plastic things and, and all the we 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 you know the waste we, we we take more care about the environment that that's one thing but that's not only something with the motorsport i think generally in, in life people are changing their minds and and uh, it's difficult for a motorsport enthusiast where typically you have big engines you have uh yeah, it's not the most environmentally friendly sport at the end of the day, but or it used to be not this way. But there's a lot of of things are changing in that thing, and that's interesting to to be part of this change and part of this uh, to be part of this transition as well. And yeah, I mean, it's it will change. It also will survive. I'm I'm really sure about it. But uh, it, it, things have to change and will change as well. And and. Uh, it's also. It, it, I don't think we know exactly the path or the road we are going to, but it's sure interesting to be part of it and and also be able to steer it a little bit. It's an interesting thing. That's correct, Le. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining me at the Edge. It's been really fascinating talking to you. Um, and good luck. Yeah, at Le Mans. I hope it all goes fantastically. Thank you. Take care. It will. I'm sure. Thank you very much. Take care. See you. Thanks. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Edge. If you'd like to listen to more episodes like this one, have a listen to our interviews with racing drivers Max Verstappen, Sergio Perez, and Alexander Rossi. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe and leave us five stars. It does make a difference. Thank you so much to Urs Karatle for joining us. I'm your host, Theo van den Bruecke, and I'll be back next month with another episode of The Edge, a podcast by Tag Heuer. See you soon.